shop. I don't know if you see the program, but I know a lot of people's favorite program. Yeah, I've got some nods and some waves. So that's the title, really, of my talk, or my talks over the next, over the next two weeks. And I just, today, really, what I want to do is, um, is just to speak to your soul. That was what I want to do today. I want to speak to your soul. And I want to encourage your soul into a state of health. I don't want to patronise anybody. I, I, I don't want to pretend to understand. I don't want to pretend that I understand maybe what you've been through or what you're going through. That would be a presumption on my part. Okay. There's only one that is whole. And um, it's to him we look, really. But I want to minister some just uh, encouragement to your soul. And this may help you, or it may help someone who's close to you. The repair shop, I, I think... It's a wee bit cathartic for me they're doing this, these, two, um, these two talks. But I think everybody carries wounds. Everybody carries wounds. Uh, you may think you're alone with your wounds. But we live in a broken world. And um, wounds are the norm. We can think that nobody else carries a wound, it's just me. But wounds are the norm. And the truth is that we all need a bit of fixing up. So we're going to be doing that over the next two weeks. I hope that what I share with you will help you on your journey to, to health and strength. Two types of wounds. Um, physical and um, wounds to the soul. I promised I wouldn't do this, but I will do it because it'll just lighten things a little bit. Uh, Tunji knows and shares a joke with Wendy and I that I, lo I love to cook, uh, and um, she's laughing already, Tunji. Um, and I've, I've been bought, my sister's bought me an oven glove um, because I have a habit of picking things out of the oven and burning my hand, you see. And so what I often do, still do it, I open the oven with my oven glove on this hand and reach in with the wrong hand. And, and Tunji's seen me do this and I often carry a burn mark here when I've been cooking pizza particularly. But, uh, so there's physical, there's physical wounds, that's a burn. But there are physical wounds. And those tend to heal over time, don't they? But there's wounds to the soul. There are wounds to the soul. And wounds to the soul can be self-inflicted or they can be inflicted by someone else. And wounds to the soul go really deep. And they can be mental or they can be psychological. Wounds to the soul. Do you realise that you have a soul? 
we, we, we tend to. Can I have my first scripture, please? I've only got two scriptures. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your what? Souls. Leave that up, please, Martin, if you will, while I speak. Rest for your souls. You see, we tend to overlook this fact that we have a soul. We, we tend our bodies pretty well. You'd be happy to know that I've showered mine this morning and done my health. Look at our bodies, you know, we've got a jacket on and shirt. And, and we tend to see our physical frame. But we, and we think, we think, I shouldn't project this onto you actually, I think too often that I'm a body that has a soul. That's upside down thinking. You are a soul that inhabits a body. And we need to care for our souls. And it's often at the soul level that so much damage can be done. And it's you know, Jesus said, you'll find rest for your souls. He knew about the souls. You know, SOS is save our souls, isn't it? When you hear of a shipwreck, sadly, you'll 21 souls lost. You need to think about our souls, really. We often forget that we're souls. And this morning, I want to speak to you in the next 15, 20 minutes about your soul and the heart of Jesus for your soul. I don't know where you go if you're, you know, if you're, if you're looking to get well mentally or psychologically. People look at all kinds of things to do. Some good things, music can be good. Some people look at, some people look at things that aren't so good. Self-medicate with alcohol or whatever. But really, um, Jesus is the person who can help you best into soul health because he has a heart for your soul. Jesus Christ has a heart for your soul. He wants to minister to your soul. He wants to meet you at soul level. Whenever we carry a soul wound, and we carry soul wounds, <laughs> I carry soul wounds. When we carry soul wounds, this can cause us to neglect our soul. Mental, psychological wounds can cause you to neglect caring for your soul. And that can be so damaging. Let me tell you a story. It's called The Keeper of the Stream. There was once a town high in the Alps that straddled the banks of a beautiful stream. The stream was fed by springs that were as old as the earth and as deep as the sea. The water was like crystal clear. Children laughed and played besides it. Swans and geese swam upon it. You could see the rocks and the sand and the rainbow trout that swarmed at the bottom of the stream. 
High in the hills, far beyond anyone's sight, lived an old man who served as the keeper of the stream. And he'd been hired so long ago that no one remembered a time when he wasn't there. And he would travel from one spring to another in the hills, removing the branches of fallen leaves or debris that might pollute the water. But his work was unseen. One year, the town council decided that they had better things to do with their money. And no one supervised the old man anyway. And they had roads to repair and taxes to collect and services to offer. And giving money to an unseen stream cleaner had become a luxury that no one could lo- no longer could afford. So the old man left his post. And high in the mountains, the springs went untended. Twigs and branches and worse muddied the liquid flow. Mud and silt compacted the river and farm waste turned parts of the stream into stagnant bogs. For a time, no one in the village noticed. But after a while, the water just wasn't the same. It looked brackish. The swans flew away and lived elsewhere. The water no longer had a crisp scent that drew children to play by it. Some people in the town began to grow ill and all noticed the loss of the sparkling beauty that used to flow between the banks of the stream that fed the town. The life of the village depended upon the stream and the life of the stream depended upon the keeper. The town council reconvened. The money was found. The old man was rehired. Yet after a time, the springs were cleaned. The stream was pure. Children played on its banks again. Illness was replaced by health. The swans came home and the village came back to life. The life of the village depended upon the health of the stream. The stream is your soul. And you are the keeper of the stream. You see, your soul is like a stream of water that gives you strength, direction, and harmony in every area of your life. And when your soul is wounded, we so often begin to neglect the stream that feeds it. And that stream and its flow has its source in the presence and the person of Jesus. It can be so easy not to Tend the stream that feeds our soul and allow it to become clogged and cloudy and dirty. And to heal emotionally from distress and from trauma, we need to recognise and understand the importance and the significance of the soul and how to refresh and restore your soul. 
Bible says that he leads me besides still waters. And he restores my soul. See, the balm for souls, balm for wounds of the soul is the presence of Jesus Christ, who is the great physician. And the great thing is that he runs a repair shop for wounded souls. You know, he was a woodworker before he became a wonder worker. And he's a great fixer up of souls. Some soul wounds can heal quite quickly. Some take time. Severe trauma can take time. Some soul wounds never heal. A bereavement wound. For example, if you struggle with a bereavement wound to the soul, don't feel that you need to recover quickly. The truth is this, that with a bereavement wound, you may never recover. Because bereavement isn't something that you get through. It's something that you learn to live with. But still, if you tend your soul and keep the stream in the presence of God, there can be balm for the wound. There can be healing to a certain extent for your soul. The balm is in his presence and in his promises. You know, this is a great book to look to. This is a great book to see what God says about you, to see what God offers to you, to see what healing, there's a great balm in this, to rub into your soul for soul wounds. So often the Lord wants to lift us from our current perspective and give us an eternal perspective. He wants to help us see beyond ourselves and beyond our circumstances and that's a great way to heal. As we feel his presence and we're drawn into his presence and we see his promises and we begin to put them into our heart and massage them into our soul. That's why he says, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus' heart for you is rest for your soul. He says this. He says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly of heart. This, I'm told, and I think it is, is the only scripture where Jesus talks to us about his own heart. He reveals his heart to us, what it's like. And he says that I'm gentle and I'm lowly. I'm humble. I'm humble and I'm gentle. Humble and gentle is what Jesus is. His gift to you is rest. Jesus can't ungentle himself. 
because that's his nature. So when we, when we lift our, our wounded soul to Christ and we come into his presence, he will never ungentle himself and treat us harshly. Gentleness is what gets him out of bed in the morning. He's kind. That's why it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 18, 50 says he shows us unfailing kindness. He is always kind. And he says, come. Come to me. He has time for you. He wants you to come. He won't turn away. Why? Because he knows all about your world. He understands the wounds in your soul. He knows what you carry and what you bear, be it a physical wound or a wound to the soul. And so often we think, well, you know, I'm not sure that you would accept me. Um, he doesn't hold his nose when you approach. I've got two grand, three granddaughters, but two who are a bit, a bit, can understand things. And when they see a spider or a worm, um, and Wendy's no different, they tend to just jump back, you know, really. Um, the Lord doesn't treat you that way. He, he doesn't recoil at your presence, no matter what you carry when you approach. He even touches lepers. He will not hold his nose. He says, come to me. That's his heart for you. He wants to bring you into his repair shop to touch your soul and to repair your soul. Do you know the difference between sympathy and empathy? I bet, I bet Sue does. The difference in sympathy and empathy is this. If you can imagine someone sat in a pit, pit of despair. Sympathy stands at the top of the pit and looks down and says, are you okay? Everything all right? How are you doing? And then moves on. Empathy climbs down into the pit and sits alongside you. Empathy enters into the feelings of the soul. Jesus empathizes with those who are suffering. He's empathetic. Empathy costs. That's why Jesus suffered. He suffered so much that no matter where you are, not only will he come and sit alongside you in your suffering, but he co-suffers with you. He knows where you live. His suffering has been unparalleled. He made himself vulnerable to trials. Trials that, like the ones that you go through. 
He's able to feel with you and suffer alongside you. Christ can do that and he can say, come that I can repair your soul because of what he endured himself. Just for a minute, I'll look at this. He was born into poverty and he lived in poverty. Nowhere to lay his head. Do you want to be like Jesus? He had a prolonged wilderness experience. With no one to support him. Assaulted by mental problems, pressures, not problems, pressures. Assaulted by temptations. Assaulted and tested by his enemy Satan on every level. He was betrayed. Is that your wound? Has someone betrayed you? Maybe it could have been years ago. Jesus was betrayed by a close friend. And how's this? He was betrayed for money. He was sold 30 pieces of silver. Someone set a value on him. When someone sets a value on you and betrays you, you feel worthless. He was abandoned by all. And in his hour of need in the Garden of Gethsemane, for those of you who know your Bible, in his critical hour of need, he was utterly, completely alone. Imagine his vulnerability. If I can take you to the, the Garden of Gethsemane where he, he, he began to feel the Father's presence withdraw from him. And he knew what faced him on the cross. Not only execution, but bearing your sin and mine. Imagine how vulnerable he felt. So he knows about your vulnerability. To be vulnerable is to be human. Soul wounds come from vulnerability. (laughs) Whenever you risk your heart, you make yourself vulnerable. Whenever you risk your efforts, when you try something for someone, you become vulnerable. Whenever you offer your ideas, you open yourself up to vulnerability. And Christ knows what that is like. And often when we open ourselves up, when we give our heart, or we give our ideas, or we, we give our efforts, it can result in distress to our soul when we're rejected. And sometimes that distress can be crushing. Let me tell you that Christ knows where you live because he was crushed for our sins and he was bruised for our iniquities. That's why he can say, come, because I'm lowly and gentle in heart. In the garden of Gethsemane, he had nowhere to turn. He turned to his friends, but his friends weren't there. They were asleep. Do you remember? He said, couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Sometimes 
when you're going through stuff, be aware of this, that your friends may not be able to make that journey with you. The disciples couldn't make the journey that Christ was on. And, you know, sometimes friends in those circumstances abandon us or withdraw from us and we feel alone. Don't blame them. Don't transfer any guilt. It happened to Jesus. But has that been your wound? Abandoned. Then Christ was tortured. He was imprisoned. He was falsely accused. And then he was crucified. He knows what vulnerability is like. He knows what it's like to have his soul crushed. And that's why we've got this amazing statement in Hebrews 4. Can we have the Hebrews 4 scripture, please, Martin? And I'll close with this. I've got through half of what I was going to do, but we'll close with this. It says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weakness. Focus on that. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathise. That read, should read, in our minds it reads, we have a high priest who is able to sympathise. And the word sympathise there in the original language means co-suffer. <coughs> We've got a high priest, because of what he's been through, can co-suffer with us. He can empathise. He comes into the pit and sits with you and feels what you feel. I can't. Others can't. But he does. He doesn't hold his nose. He says, come, let me heal your soul. Let me minister to your deepest needs. And then it says in verse 16, it says this. Let us come with confidence and draw near. Oh, I love the original version. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, Christ, I don't know what God you serve, but the God that I serve co-suffers with me. He sympathises, empathises with our weakness. There's a great poem written End of the First World War by a man called Edward Shillito. He was a minister. I think he was a congregational minister. And it's called The Scars of Jesus. And the last verse reads like this. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And no God has wounds, but thou alone. Isn't that lovely? I'll read it again. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And no other God has wounds, but thou alone. The Lord understands your shame, your despair, your trauma, and he holds out his hand and he says, come to the repair shop. Come and let me fix you up. Come and let me sit alongside you. 
Come, let me put my arm around you. Come, let me feel what you feel. We can feel vulnerable, but, you know, it's a throne of grace, it says in Hebrews 4. It's a throne of grace. And I'm reminded of that, that scripture in Revelation 22, where it says there's a picture of the throne of God and the Lamb. For those that know the Bible, what flows from it is a river of life. And in that river, I believe there's healing for you. There's grace for you. There's strength for you. There's balm for your soul. There's wholeness, there's soothing, there's refreshing. And so what I'd say to you is this. When you have a soul wound, or you know someone that has a soul wound, don't disconnect. Don't disconnect from God, like Adam and Eve did. Don't disconnect from people, those around you. Look to connect. Look to connect to Jesus. Because he's gentle. The only qualification for approaching Christ is to recognise your need. And he says this in Isaiah 42. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Yes. When you pass through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. You know, Jesus is most present with us. Not in our strengths, but in our weaknesses. And healing comes as we allow the living water of Christ to come to our souls. He wants you to come to the repair shop. He wants to change you, save you, heal you, restore you. And the responsibility for the stream the stream to your soul is you. Don't neglect the streams that will refresh your soul. Can we invite John back and the, and the team? I'm going to pray for you. And then I, want, I just want the Lord to minister to you, really. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. going to be a bit more practical with you next week but for this week I want you just to open your own soul to the healing streams of the spirit as we begin to, to worship maybe your soul has become disconnected because of the wounds well there's a good time to just ask the Lord to refresh you ask the Lord to Come in. Ask for his presence just to fill you. And in doing that, you'll start to clear the rubble from the things that have, springs that have, have got clogged and overgrown. And your soul will start to revive. Perhaps if John could just start to lead. and Lord, I just ask you to come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.
Lord, touch people's hearts and lives. Lord, touch people's soul, I pray. Lord, refresh and restore. Heal and cleanse and soothe. Do your work, O oh Lord, I ask in Jesus' name.